Welcome to the LA Realtor Podcast. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And we're getting to know the industry one conversation at a time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Paul. Welcome to the show. I'm Paul with Great Belts. Who are you? You are. I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks. <laughs> uh, we sound just like our intro. That's yeah, <laughs> Let's just repeat it without the music. All right. On the count of three. Ready? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so are you You're feeling better? You were sick last week? I was sick a couple weeks ago. Oh, oh you're fine then. I'm still drinking tea because, mm-hmm. you know, congestion never ends, apparently. so It does not go yeah. away. Congestion Tr- December. I think it's like a... Let me plant. Okay. Let me plant the seed. Try not to cough during this episode. Can, I'll try not to. You, you can do that. Okay. I'll do my <clears throat> off mic if I can. Do it. Do it off mic. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> do not. All right. Anyways, we got well, a great guest today. We do. Who is it? <laughs> it's Ellis Posner. <laughs> What's Ellis do? Ellis is a broker. Broker. Correct. Yes, yes. I am. I'm he's a broker. A bro- mm-hmm. He's a broker and a coach. Um, slash mentor. He likes he likes to consider himself a mentor, which I love. So we're excited to have him on today to, um, yeah, feed some good resources to everybody who's listening. Welcome, Ellis. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Should we jump into your background? Um, just tell us maybe how you got into real estate, how long you've been doing it, when you started down the path of coaching and mentoring. Give us your life story. Uh, in uh, 10 seconds or less, or do I have more? Please. So uh, I started out a very long time ago in commercial real estate in New York City. And so long ago that mirroring today's times, interest rates had climbed to 18%. Hmm. And it wasn't very easy to uh, do anything at that point. And so I kind of stumbled into the tech industry. But I always kept returning to real estate because it was my first love and passion. And I thankfully was very successful in the tech industry. I was I started out as a, the lowliest of the low salespeople and uh, worked my way up to uh, very senior levels, founded a couple of companies that became public companies and very successful, cashed out before the dot-com boom, <laughs> thankfully, and then went back to real estate full-time about 20-some-odd years ago. And having been uh, in management in a different industry and had mentored a lot of salespeople, I had thousands of people all all across the country reporting up to me through other various managers. I just, when I got into real estate, it's like, why do so many people fail? Why is the, you know, just the 80% in the first three years, I forget what it is, but it's just staggering numbers. And so I asked the broker I had signed on with at the time, who had been in it for maybe 50 years, why? And he didn't miss a beat, and he said, they don't work the job. I said, okay. I wrote down work the job. I said, I, I could do that. I, I can outwork anyone. And um, you know, I, again, started out at the bottom and became pretty successful or very successful, some would say, as a broker. And uh, yes, <laughs> again, found myself in management. And with my impeccable timing right before the pandemic hit, I said, ah, I'm tired of all these big brokerages. That was a management for one of them in a, in a kind of luxury market. I said, I'm going to uh, go off and be a broker under my own license. Three weeks later, I'm sitting at home, we're all locked down. It's like, hmm, what happened here? And at that time, other agents started to call me and say, can, can I come to work for you? 
And I said, no, my life is pretty simple now, just being a broker. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but you can really help me. So I I just kind of stumbled into being a coach. And, And I consider myself more of a mentor than a coach because I try to do a knowledge transfer and pass on the many hundreds or thousands of mistakes I've made over the years so people don't go down the same road. And all of a sudden, I had a coaching business. And I put up a coaching website. You may have found me there, coachellisposner.com. And people find me, and they call me. And one of the things is many people coaching, and I don't mean as this is disrespect to other people who are in the coaching business. They've never sold one house. Mm-hmm. I've right. sold hundreds of houses. I've had every gut punch. I've had whatever, you know, it's like your best friend, you know, says, hey, I, I walked into the open house and I, you know, put the offer in with the listing agent or, you know, someone, you know, you knew it's like, you know, they, they list with the agent, you know, who always seems to be beating you out. And it's just, so I've had every gut punch and made, you know, every kind of mistake. And I really wanted to share that with people so that they didn't. All of a sudden, I had a coaching business, but I think of myself more as a mentor because of the knowledge transfer than just a you know coach telling people to uh, call uh, FISBOs and expires. I don't do that. I don't right. tell people cold call FISBOs and expires. It's not going to get them anywhere. But I do work on making sure that they have all the tools to be successful. One of the things I say on my website is that the industry, meaning the brokers, the coaches, the managers, they just teach the wrong things. And that's why so many people fail because they're working on stuff that's it's not going to be, it's not going to get them anywhere. Like I get these questions from a lot of people, what CRM should I use? Don't use any CRM. I mean, you know, for some, for the large teams who are paying a lot of money for leads. Yeah. You need a CRM, you know, if you have a large team, but if you're just an individual agent or a two person team, you need to have interactions and be, finding out what's going on with your prospects, not spending time doing data entry. None of us got into this to do data entry. And there's all these things I just see. I mean, I went through it with, on some of my coaching calls on Monday. It's just like, why is anyone telling you to do that? I mean, do you, what outcome do you expect? Do you think you're going to be successful? You know, it's like, in fact, they even said to one person very nicely, of course, I can guarantee if you do that, you know, you won't get any sales. I mean, so it's just, um, It's just sad. I mean, a lot of what I used to do in uh, the tech industry as a manager, sales trainings and other things in this industry, people wind up paying coaches for. So what, I mean, without giving away any secrets that you you want to save for your paying clients, what, what are the kinds of things you're going to be doing with a mentee? What, what, you know, is this a, is this a weekly call? What, what, what are you going to be talking to them on a, on a, consistent basis yeah and actually uh i give away everything so uh (laughs) i share everything okay Uh, a very smart title guy i work with told me years ago he said in this business everyone knows what they need to do but they just don't do it Mm. i mean there's no secrets and i do i I blog a bit uh on the uh, coaching site and of course on my other personal real estate site and i tell people what you need to do and they remarkably don't do it and some of them do it. I mean, I've, I've coached people who have become far more successful than, than I have. And I did 40 million in sales myself last year. Of course, last year, everyone had their best year ever. So yeah. maybe that doesn't mean that much, but you know, 
40 million for a guy working out of his house with no assistance or TC and handling a bunch of coaching clients. It's like, okay, yeah. people do not have good plans. And a lot of people this time of year are working on their business plans, but a lot of agents mistake a to-do list with a business plan. Mm. And they actually have to have a strategy. People don't have any strategy. And so they adopt or adapt what other people, they think other people are doing. And what I try to get everyone to do is to uncover what is it about themselves? Understand your client and how to get that client. A big mistake the industry teaches is conversion. You're not going to convert everyone. Everyone's not your client. In fact, a lot of new agents ask me, can I work one of the open houses with you? And they're surprised that I'm not getting everyone to sign in and getting their email addresses and, you know, you know, saying, can I send you listings? Are you working with anyone? I jokingly say everyone that you meet in an open house is working with 19 other agents or knows 19 other agents. And, and that's okay. If I'm at an open house and people come in and I'm informative and I engage them and, you know, answer their questions, then that, that's fine. If when the person comes in who I know is my client, if I don't have a rapport and interaction with that person, then, well, okay. That I, I might feel bad about. Not if I didn't get everyone's spam email. We all have that, you know, email address we send the spam <laughs> yeah, to, you know. Me too. And yeah, you know, and 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 your, and your grandmother's landline give us the phone number. Uh, I, I don't need poor that. Grandma. I don't need to run home. And, yeah, poor grandma. I don't need to run home and put that into a CRM and then uh-huh. you know be fought. But but I want to have an interaction, whether it's in an open house or standing in line at Starbucks or whatever. I want to have an interaction with uh, with people and find out what's going on in their life that may include a change in their housing situation, buying, selling, leasing, investing, whatever. What's going on? Is there any change? And is there an opportunity? And if so, is there an opportunity with me? And if there's not, then move on. I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm I just am not into chasing after people who are never going to do business with me. I want to, uh, I work on what I call seven and 14 day leads. And I learned that from someone else that's a very good coach. But if I get someone who's ready, willing, and able, and we used to say that in the old days, ready, willing, and able to transact, then that's the one I'm putting my, my effort into. And I'm like, I think one of the best at closing those people. Now, if I have what I call a seven day lead, a buyer or a seller, and they do not buy or sell in seven days. I don't drop them, but it's someone who's willing. Like last year, it was a very difficult year for buyers. You could put in 20 offers. Of course, not my buyers, but you know everyone else. Put in 20 <laughs> offers and get none of them accepted. Well, those people, are, they're trying to buy. You know, um, sellers, it was easy. If, but if I have someone says, well, you know, I'm thinking of maybe selling my house next spring after I remodel it and uh, add an ADU and uh, – you know, is not not my client. Mm-hmm. So I consider a seller client who then maybe someone else's client, and that's okay. I consider a buyer client someone who, if they see the right, if they see the right property, are ready to write an offer, and they have the finance or the cash. Now they may not find it for one, two, three, four months, or they may have to write a number of offers to get accepted. Not right now, but earlier in the year and last year. Same with the seller, whether they want to list their house or not. If I brought you an offer for this amount, you know, be ready to, you know, accept it. And if they're not, well, let's test the market. Let's just, not interested. And that's just me. 
And when you're a sole, produ- you know, in- independent broker and a sole producer, and you know, you kind of have to focus on what can I close. And I use, here's a hypothetical I use, and I teach this too. I do a lot of uh, teaching people what to say, not scripts. I don't believe in scripts whatsoever. And I know agents who are very successful with scripts. And they will say literally the same thing every time. I teach people structure. I teach them foundational principles of, you know, how do you interact with people and find out, you know, what's going on? Is it an opportunity? One of the things I just do is just like the if structure. If I showed you a house today that checked all your boxes and was in your budget, are you ready to write an offer? I'm not saying I have that house. If I brought you a buyer today who, you know, was ready to pay exactly what you want and they don't want any repairs and they'll pay all cash and close in 10 days and let you stay for two months for free, are, are you ready to accept that offer? Well, you know, a testament. Then I find out what they're really willing to do. And I'm going to put my effort in the ones who are ready and willing and able to do something. A lot of agents, one of the primary mistakes they make is, you know, someone says, well, I don't want to list with anyone, but if you bring me a buyer, you know, uh, you know, or, you know, I don't want to pay commission, you know, just whatever. Uh, the industry may be changing. It may be a more common thing sellers say now. But so that's one of the things, one of the different structures I, you know, I teach you know, people. Another one is very common. It doesn't it's not real estate specific. It's, you know, it's just, there are three options. It's just, you know, a lot of agents go and they just start opening their mouth and talking. I'm always, when I hit a roadblock, there are three options. Now, if someone is a visual, as most of us are, visually oriented, I'll say, I see three options. Or if someone is, you know, they talk a little bit more down, you know, they're more physical kind of orientation, which most salespeople aren't, you know, I'm going to slow down. I'll say, well, I feel there are three options. And then I lay out three options and it's always the same structure. The first option is maintaining the status quo. Well, I guess you could keep living in your parents' basement and they're looking at properties as long as you want, you know. Okay. The second option is uh, always whatever they're throwing at you that like, you know, to try to get you out of their face. Like, or, or you could, you know, rent a room at your, you know, your friend's, you know, place. And the third option is always what you wanted to do. Or we can go back and look at some of those houses and then field checked all your boxes. And maybe, you know, because the market's slow, we write an offer that gets accepted. Now, if they are just going to hang with the status quo, we'll keep looking until the perfect one comes along. That really should be the first option. But the second one will be, you know, they can keep renting in their parents' basement or keep renting or whatever. Um, and third is what you wanted to do. And I do uh, with my uh, coaching clients a lightning round. We'll go on the phone, you know, for, you know, we'll start like for, you know, two minutes and we'll just go through, you know, there are three options. So I'll give them a scenario and we'll just go through for uh, two minutes. And then I'll do a lightning round, lightning round of there's two kind of people, you know, so, uh, which, and this is basic sales, which is, there's two kind of sellers. There are those who are not going to acknowledge the current market conditions. And then there are sellers who are willing to realize it's not 2021 anymore and they want to get their home sold. And then I'll go through, I'll just, I'll just drill people on. There's two kinds of sellers. There's two kinds of buyers. There's two kinds of agents. There's, there's two kinds of lenders. So they get used to saying these structures. And if they understand the structure and the syntax and how to effectively communicate, then they can fill in the blanks, you know, with, with what is specific to their situation. But if they don't have a structure, 
and I have about 20 or 30 of these, if they don't have a structure to effectively communicate, and this is how I think the whole coaching business started, people get into real estate who have no sales background and literally do not know what to say. <laughs> literally do not know what to say. So you got to teach them something to say, you know, you know, it's like, uh, and that's worked fine. And, you know, at one point I learned all the scripts and then I said, how do I get this out of my head? You know, but, uh, and I, I realized that there was a better way to, to communicate mm-hmm. more importantly. And this is an old, um, I think Peter Drucker, he was a big management consultant back in the day, principal and other people paraphrased it. And we're kind of shifting the topic a little bit. It's how well you do what you do is not as important as what you choose to do. So choosing to do the right things, even if you do them terribly, maybe not terribly, uh, average, will drive more success than being great at the wrong things. Mm. Now, very early on, I'm going to say maybe 2004, 5, 6, I was one of the first agents on the Internet with my own IDX sites and my own blogging sites and all that. Because I realized, now this is ancient history, we're going about 15 plus years, uh, 17 years, I realized that where I couldn't compete with the agents who grew up where I live in, I live in the beach cities, Manhattan, Hermosa, Redondo Beach is my market, uh, south of LA. And people grew up there and, you know, they, went to USC with other people there and the kids went to the same. So I couldn't compete with that. As you can tell from my accent, I'm from New York city. So as, as people jokingly say from Manhattan to Manhattan beach, I went to NYU. There's not a lot of people living <laughs> in the beach who went to NYU, but on the internet I could compete. Yeah. Now this is way back when I tell you, of course, everyone's, you know, online and using all the apps and everything. Yeah. And even if I didn't do that as well as others, I was doing it. So compared to the people who, let's say at the time, were door knocking or calling expires or calling FISBOs. So choosing to do the right things as opposed to being great at like, you know, there's a script certain uh, coaches teach. It's like, you know, you know, hi, we just listed a house down the block from yours. Uh, you don't really want to us to move to your neighborhood. And the OG, when are you selling? And it's like, I know people have called, not my people, but people have called 3,000 people a month with that script. Right. It's like, again, not, not what I got into the business for. <laughs> so, and some of them are very successful with that script. But someone could be great at that. In 2023, when no one answers the phone, good luck. Get your dialer, you know? Right. And good luck with that. So uh, what are you know, the right things to do? Video, short form video. And I don't care if you're doing it on, you know, YouTube shorts or TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. You have got to be putting out video content. Really? And yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And there's there's a misconception. There's a misconception that oh well, it's only kids on TikTok. Not really. Not really. You know, uh, or only grandmothers are on Facebook. <laughs> I keep saying grandmothers. I have nothing against grandmothers. <laughs> well, only only your senile uncle is. They on sell Facebook. houses. Grandmothers sell houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I would say, and I go both extremes, and I go large. Yeah. Like in my business plan for 2023, I want to put out a minimum of 150 short form videos, meaning three a week. Wow. And I and I try to repurpose them for each different platform. I'm also going to put out 50 long form videos, 
And I mean like, you know, the 10, 15, 20 minute videos that no one watches, except the one person who's going to hire you. Mm. And that's all I want. (laughs) Mm. I want the one person who wants to understand what's the difference between the Manhattan Beach sand section or hill section. And I have that video and they find it on YouTube. Uh They go, wow, I got to call this guy. Or what's different between North Redondo Beach and South Redondo Beach? Gee, I got to call this guy. All right. So I want that one person. And I don't care how many video views I get. I want to get the one person or two or 20 or 30 who's going to see my video and call me. Now, on the long form videos, I have a very good world class videographer who happens to live around the corner from me and be. Uh, one of my good friends. So if I had to really pay for it, I couldn't afford it. Um, or if I had to pay for him. But there's other people. It's economical. You can get. On the, yeah, on the short form videos, you can do them on your phone today. The phones are so good, particularly vertical short form. So that, and, and again, it's having big numbers, you know, to go after. I mean, now there's, I see too many agents just holding up their phone and talking into it, and no one cares. No one. You know, oh, come to my open house. We just list. No one cares. Tell a story. Agents are not storytellers. And tell a story. If you're doing a video, if you're posting something, make it interesting. Make it fun. You know, one of the people I coach had posted something. She was doing her open house. And it started with, come to my open house. I thought it's like, you know, no one's going to, why? Why should they come to your open house? You know, and then she thought about it, and this was brilliant. What she came up with, she said, you know, we had a fireplace there, and it was last weekend when it was raining, or at least, you know, in L.A. County it was raining. And she said, maybe I should have put, you know, when you get done with your Christmas shopping or holiday shopping, whatever we can say these days, stop by my open house. We have a warm fire. Yeah. Now, that would have been interesting, right? right. You know, that would have been, you know, just make it, make it real. Have fun. And people don't. They're so... They're so serious. I think they need to speak an agent talk. You know, it's <laughs> like they, they, people don't want people want to just be spoken to without the jargon, without the lingo, without the yeah. the other stuff. So it's really all about the connection and connecting with the audience, whether it's the one person that you're trying to work with or thirty people that you're trying to work with. It's about creating that um, interaction creating through video it's, and it's, it's it's creating content yeah. and. And so someone finds something that they're going to be interested in. Now, I break it down for my clients that there's, and a lot of what I do, I mean, look, every agent needs to have uh, more leads. The, you know, it's just, we all need more in the fun. Less, again, sales 101. It's not what comes out of the funnel, it's what you put in the funnel. Right. You put as much in as you can. Whatever industry you're in, you put as much in the funnel. And I break it down for people that there's the, there's free lead sources and there's paid lead sources and both are valid. Both are good. You know, a lot of the free lead sources are what, again, the industry is historically taught door knock, cold call, you know, uh, networking groups. So, which are, these are, these are fine. I mean, you know, no one's answering the door anymore because everyone has a ring doorbell, you know, no one's answering the, the phone anymore, but you know, um, networking groups, fear of influence, referrals, you know, open houses and anything that's free, that's one, you know, and actually posting on these. I'm not even talking about boosting your post on Instagram or Facebook page. I'm just going to have just like content, free content. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, I have 
a lot of my blog, and I'm one of the few people I know, and I don't recommend people start blogging in 2023, but uh, I'm one of the people, people I know who's got business from their blogs. And so there's all these free things, and then there's paid. And then within paid, you have you know, Google pay-per-click, you have uh, you know, Facebook ads and Instagram ads, you have retargeting, and you have all these other things you can do. Uh, and I work with agents on what's their tech stack, and meaning like just like what apps do you use, what software do you use. I mean, and I even get down to the hardware level because you know a lot of people just you know it's like if their phone's always dying or the laptop's crashing. I mean, good luck being in business right now, right? And and a lot of people they have all these different you know kind of software and apps they use that they haven't connected. Right. You know, so it's like each one's its own silo and you have to have them connected to be, to be efficient. So there's just, people don't use their time well and they don't have good strategy. And, um, right for 2023, I'm encouraging everyone who does farming, which should be anyone looking for listings to get, go a lot bigger. Like I'm targeting 20,000 houses for 2023. And I'm, and I even question whether that's enough. Now you could ask how I do that. Yeah. It's all online targeting. Okay. It's all you know. You know, I'm not sending twenty. I was going to say that's an expensive postcard uh, <laughs> <laughs> campaign. Well, I, well, I have done um, you know five, ten, fifteen thousand postcards in a month. You know, previously in the old days, the numbers these days you can reach people through all these different platforms. Uh, again, paid advertising much, much, much more effectively than with postcards. And, you know, the postcards might make it into the house and not get to the trash can first. But again, I'm one of the few people I know who's actually gotten business from postcards, but I don't send the just listed, just sold. Right. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares. I mean, we've heard that a lot recently. Significant <laughs> other cares. Yeah. You know, maybe your spouse is sniffing other cares. You just sold something because you're getting your know, paycheck. Right. But, uh, but no one cares. But if you send out in and, I don't send out the, you know, the sports schedules or the holiday things. But if you send out information that's, you know, interesting, what I do with postcards is it always leads back to one of my websites where I can, um, I have a lot of, um, what do you call them, sales funnels or capture pages or whatever. It leads back to there. And there's some information for them. Oh, they grab the postcard. And you know, I've had people, they may get a postcard and they may call me a year or two later. And I always ask, you know, oh, gee, how did you find out about me? And mostly it's internet. And some people say, oh, I got your postcard. Hmm. I say, oh, gee, which one? Because I'm always interested, right? And they'll, they'll pull out something. Like, wow, I sent that like three years ago. Wow. Because people who are, and people who are thinking of selling start thinking about it very early in the process. Right. It's not like, you know, buyers like, you know, they wake up, it's Wednesday, and they got a, just got an eviction notice from the land books and they sell the house because I listed it. And um, they, you know, so now they want to buy something, right? Where, but if you're selling, I, I think it's a, it's, it, it evolves a lot more. If you're living in the house and you've got to pack up and move and find another place, and people typically, typically, unless they just got a job transfer or something very dramatic happened in their life, they typically will start thinking about that a lot earlier. Yeah. Now, again, I think I think part of the reason I'm successful with the postcards I do, and I'm cutting down my postcard budget for 2023, but part of the reason I'm successful with it is because it ties into a website they can go to. Once they go to my website, depending on which one, I may be retargeting them 
and and making sure they keep seeing me yeah. everywhere else they go. And the most common thing I hear from my clients, who particularly seller clients who found me online, is they see me everywhere, and that's what I want. Right. You know, it's you know, so they see something in their Facebook feed, and then they go to lunch Twitter, or they go somewhere else and look in some information, and they find it in a blog post, or they see a video. And it's just, you know, that people give up on these things. And the biggest mistake most agents make is they stop doing things just about when it's going to pay off for them. Mm -hmm. You know, so they do something for two months and then like, yeah, but I don't have 10 sales. I'm not going to do it. But, you know, they they give up to, to, is that, is that the difference between, you know, you talked about the success stories that you've had in coaching and mentoring. Would you say that was the key to someone who can succeed is just to keep going and to keep wor- working it right isn't that what you kind of said initially uh, working hard Work yeah. the job. The, uh, it's one of the it's one of the keys one of the number keys. one you have to be choosing to do the right thing mm-hmm. if you're doing the wrong thing good luck yeah. i mean i have you know someone i'm coaching wants to keep door knocking the same 1200 houses in the farm i said well of those 1200 what's the turnover rate i mean it's like even if you're successful at it you're not going to make enough money you know, to, to pay your bills, right. you've got it. I'm, I'm encouraging every agent who's doing, who wants listings, who's doing farming. They've got to double, triple their their farms, if not more. And, and the, other, the other mistake agents make is when something works. I always tell everyone, double down, triple down on what's yeah. working for you. And a lot of people say 10x, but okay, you know, but double down, triple down. One agent I know, and it's just, I mean, she just closed, uh, you know, a um, $2.5 million deal this morning. She was very excited and uh, called me and uh, she called me yesterday for some advice, how to get the deal accepted. And, you know, someone, someone I coached previously and then she's calls me when she has a problem now, not, not a formal coaching client. And I told her uh, she was being successful on Facebook, one of the, one of the few, not with Facebook ads, but but just, you know, post that she kind of boost. And I told her, hey, this is working for you. Double down, triple down on it. And when the market slowed April, May, June, she called me and said, what should I do? Double down, triple down or more on what you're doing. Just, you know, close the deal, you know, two and a half million dollars, which is you know, pretty yeah. good sale uh, for, for that's December. Awesome. That's you know, cool. You know. So the clients that you do mentoring with, uh, what is that? What does that schedule look like? Like, if somebody is looking to work with a coach or a mentor, um, what's the frequency of that? Is it all phone calls and Zoom meetings? Is there in person stuff? How intensive is it? That is that? What is the investment of time and energy? I'm pretty intense. Uh, I, I do. Uh, uh, for most people, I do a one hour weekly call and. My wife's not going to hear me say this, but it usually goes over an hour. You know? <laughs> um, and I do you know, a one-hour call. Some of the some agents I'm coaching who are brand new, yeah. I'm like literally brand new. And for them, I'm doing uh, a half-hour call that winds up being forty-five minutes every other week because training's got to get out of the station. Mm-hmm. For experienced agents, one hour a week. I do phone call. I think that some of these people may. Some of the people I'm coaching may either have uh, ADD or be uh, looking at Facebook while I'm talking to them. So I may have to start doing Zoom to make sure they're paying attention. But um, I don't know if the uh, if having um, 
the visual really helps with the coaching. I don't really uh, do uh, in person. I guess I could. I don't do groups. Uh, I've had a couple of uh, large brokerages contact me and want me to coach all their people, but I haven't taken any of them on as clients as of yet because they. It's kind of I get the feeling for the owner. It's a checkbox. Let's hire a coach. You know, and it's not really a commitment to it because when I start to drill down to, well, how's this going to work? You know, uh, what what juice do I have if, if people aren't doing? You say you you want someone to hold them accountable. Right. What juice do I have if, if they're not doing it? Speaking about accountability, I have this is the Ellis Posner accountability model. I, I've taught this to a lot of people. I tell them each week ask yourself four questions. It's pretty simple. Did you close an escrow this week? Did you open an escrow this week? Did you sign a listing contract this week? Did you uh, write an offer this week? And when I get done, they say, every week? I go, yes, yes, every week. Mm -hmm. And when I started to look at, again, why aren't people successful? This is a long sales cycle business. And you have to keep up a certain consistency and intensity over a long period of time to, until you, know, you get to the end of, um, end of the deal. I said, what can you monitor every, every week? And um, I got down to the basics. Well, what are we trying to do? We're trying to close escrows. That is how we get paid. I think most days of what, 95, 98% of the agents in this country, in this business, you get paid and you close an escrow. And your paperwork is complete with your broker when someone signs off on it. But you close an escrow is how you get paid. And so I said, okay, well, number one, accountability. Did you close an escrow? And I'll ask this. People get on the phone with me. I say, hey, let's go through the accountability model. Uh, I, I know. I already know. You know, But I ask them, did you open an escrow? You're not going to close an escrow unless you open an escrow. Right. Neither of those things are going to happen unless you um, have signed a listing contract or written an offer. And when I first started using this on myself 15 years ago, I literally, you know, Friday night would stand in front of the mirror. I mean, I'm not kidding you. And I'd ask myself those four questions in front of the mirror. I couldn't look at myself for many, many weeks. And then it became second nature. And so I'm not worrying about, hey, do I have a new headshot or a business card or yard signs? Yeah, I have yard signs and, you know, photos and business cards. I'm asking myself, did I open or close an escrow? Did I write an offer? Did I sign a listing agreement? If not, why? What did I do? You know, now sometimes, and I tell people every week. Now, of course, we all know in this business, it's not that consistent. It doesn't happen every week. You know, I was, um, I once had, uh, I'm just talking about this, my wife, uh, just um, 2014, before I left one company to go to another one, I had 11 deals in escrow at once. 11. Yikes. So I guess I guess, I guess that counted for 22. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. That, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and they all closed. They all closed. That's great. And then I left that company, right? I got my commission check out of here. Um, <laughs> but so I guess that would count for 22 weeks, right? <laughs> you know, but, oh, yeah. Because uh, I, I had 11 openings, 11 closings. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. So, so it's not going to be really every week. But you have to ask yourself the question every week. Yeah, And then as I started to work with more and more agents, and I actually, you know, even before I was coaching, I was just managing people. I, they come in the office and, you know, they want to ask me whatever. And I 
I'd ask them the four questions. And then I realized there are people who they just, they're getting the train out of the station or they were in a rut or, you know, they needed to, to get recalibrated and, you know, remotivated. So I came up with level two and level three, and I'm not going to go through those now, but I got down to things that people could control more. Right. And it went back to that first thing that first broker told me at the first um, place I worked in California, which was people don't work the job. You have to work the yeah, job. That's where we the second started. thing he told me was you have to have a great relationship with all the other agents. Mm. And so I wrote down, you know, work the job, have a great relationship. Yeah. And I've often gotten deals for my buyer clients simply because the other agents knew me by reputation or had done business with me before. Right. Mm. And, you know, uh, sometimes we weren't even the highest price or the best terms. And again, I uh, want to say like my velvet glove, iron fist, is that the same? Mm. Where people know I'm, gonna, I'm going to advocate for my clients. I'm going to stay within the bounds of the playing field, you know, but I'm going to advocate for my clients for what, what's fair. And they know what to expect. A lot of agents, you know, don't bring your personal problems into your deal. And one day they're great. The next day they're screaming at you and you don't get anywhere by screaming at other agents or lenders or appraisers or inspectors. You got to get along with everyone. And I just made it uh, just a core principle of, you know, I always want to be in any real estate situation. I always want to be the most professional, ethical person in the room. Yeah. yeah. I want get along with people. And these are basic things in any industry. I think that's... I don't teach those. You either have or not. I think that's... <laughs> I think that's very true. Well, I look, I don't know about you, Sarah. I feel well coached and well mentored here yeah. by Ellis because he gave a ton, a ton, a ton of free good advice. So... Thank you. Thank, thank you so, so much. much. That's well, been you. amazing. Yeah, a lot of food for thought for people oh my um, gosh. starting off starting off 23 and, and planning to do the right things. Great I info think is for the realtors. Great today. info. Thanks, Alice. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for thank being you on. So much. Of course, thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And if you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. If you'd like to get in touch, please email us at larealtorpod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.